What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. This is the Allegory and Elm podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. We're here today to talk about coping strategies and stress relief. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. So if that sounds like something you're into, let's go. Wow. What a time we're in. Yeah. So we had specific stuff planned for we kind of had a calendar of things that we were going to put out and we've decided to, in light of COVID-19, just pivot a little bit and kind of focus on things that we think would benefit our audience the best right now. So there's, you know, maybe distraction would be great for you right now, but we're, uh, at least for this week, we felt like talking about coping strategies and stress relief and things like that was going to be more helpful to our people. Yeah. I mean, we're, I don't know, it depends on where people live in the world right now, how long you've been in this intense social isolation, distancing time, but we're like two weeks. Two weeks into it. And I think shit's kind of getting real. Um, I think people are starting to feel the weight of it more. And I know just in working in healthcare and being in an area where we haven't had a high amount of cases yet, we're kind of planning for the worst, hoping for the best right now. And there's a lot of conversations and discussions and hard things that we're having to really look at and reckon with. And that's been pretty exhausting. Yeah. So I've definitely felt the need to up my game on my own coping and self-care strategies here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I, for me yesterday, I, well, actually, I guess for the first 10 to 12 days, just kind of was, I just kind of slept in. I was like, I'm going to sleep as late as possible because these days are going to be long with these kids at home. I'm currently basically homeschooling our kids. And so my thought process was, let's just get through this time. I sleep more of it, then that'll be great. But I actually found that getting up at 6.30, kind of like I would for my normal schedule with the kids and taking them to school, I don't wake them up because that would be detrimental. I <laughs> wake up and take care of myself. And so yesterday I woke up and I just took a shower to kind of wake myself up and get my muscles warm and everything. I did some yoga and uh, I journaled and uh, did some meditation and, uh, I did the meditation before I journaled. It really was helpful for me to get in a good mind space for the day. And to the great thing about meditation is it, it kind of helps you to sit in a space that is neither future tense or past tense. So a lot of where we live in our heads a lot of the time is in the future and either worry about future or plans for the future, or we live in the past, regrets from the past, or, you know, things that we wish had gone differently or uh, just reliving it, reliving the good old days. And with meditation, it kind of helps you to just sit in a space, which is hopefully the present and your mind will wander, but 
uh, the better you get at it, the or the more practice you put into it, the more you're able to kind of just sit in that space. And so I have found meditation to be a huge coping strategy for me right now because I just need to be able to sit in a space and breathe and not have the wheels just constantly churning and and being worried all the time. Yeah. And uh, then journaling just kind of helps to put out a reflection of kind of some of the things that either come up during meditation or just where you're at currently. And it's a little bit of a check-in with yourself. Sometimes if you're just a, a passenger to your experiences, you don't realize that there's a lot more going on there. So if you have a conversation with a spouse or a family member or a friend, sometimes some of that stuff will come out, but uh, oftentimes it doesn't. And journaling is a great way to, you know, get that stuff out with yourself. Uh, a lot of times with my journaling, I'm pretty honest and open. And I find that, you know, certain things come up that I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that was a big deal to me until you actually write it out. And yeah. um, so, so those things were really helpful. Yeah. And I think journaling right now is really important for a lot of reasons to dump your brain, to have a space to reflect. And I think down the road, when we look back on this time, like having some sort of history written about what your life was like during this time, because this is history that is happening right now. Like we're making history in this moment. And I think you've brought this up recently in, I think it was one of the podcasts we recently recorded. I don't know when it will be released in relation to this one, but that it's been so therapeutic to go back and look at your old journal entries and just kind of see the progression of your, your growth, your expansion, your curiosity, your belief structure. I mean, just a lot of different aspects of who you were, who you are, who you want to be. And I think it's just a practice of capturing that on paper. Yeah, definitely. So as far as coping strategies or uh, stress relief goes for you, what's been really helpful? Body movement and really trying to stay consistent with my morning exercise routine because I'm still working four days a week and getting up early and Yeah, Katie's a nurse. So if this is the first episode you're turn, tuning into, not to cut you off, but uh, Katie's on the front lines right now and, and she's, uh, she's a nurse. So basically like I'm a photographer. I'm, you know, I'm not really working right now in terms of people aren't hiring me to You're not making shoot money. photos. Yeah. Not You're really, still working. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing work, but yeah. yeah, it's not my normal work, my normal photography stuff and, and doing bookings and things like that. But Katie's a nurse. And so she has got to do a good job of taking care of herself. And she's in a very, uh, it's very hard for her to social distance when her job is to take care of all the sick people. So, um, yeah, continue with. So, yeah, I think, well, I will say one just on that note of like what we're dealing with right now. And I've heard this a couple of times this week, and I think it's a really good reminder because this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. So we have to really be strategic and mindful in many ways of how we proceed in this time, because we don't know how long this is going to go on. We don't know how much this is going to impact our 
world, our healthcare system, our economy, our personal lives, our health. We don't know any of that and we have no control over it really. So I think really just thinking about what is going to set you up for the long haul, you know, and I've been reading this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it's really been helpful even for this time because I think my initial um, response, if I just kind of let myself go, is it's really stressful right now. I need things that make me feel good. I don't really necessarily need to focus on my habits because we're just in survival mode. So that's like one thought pattern that could happen. But then when I took a step back, it's like, no, that's destructive. Like that's going to sabotage you in the long run. You're not going to be able to sustain this journey if you aren't focusing on your habits and your routine. And so I think it's caused me to really have to think about what habits have I already had in place that will help me now? How can I maintain those positive habits? Are there any habits that are getting in my way right now? Like food right now, a temptation. Yeah, we're eating our feelings currently. Um, and how can I restructure habits around food to support me the most right now or around, you know, alcohol use or whatever coping is looking like for you there. Cause there's healthy coping and there's unhealthy coping and they're both trying to meet the same purpose and making you feel comfortable, comforted and secure, but one could be very destructive and one could be pretty positive. So I think one, I would say taking an inventory of your habits mm -hmm. um, is a good place to kind of start. And now is a really good time, though it is a stressful time. I think it's a really good time to restructure some of our habits um, if they're not serving us. And so for me, back to the body movement, that's a habit I've set up for a couple years now or, or more. And I've been very consistent with morning exercise at least, you know, four to five, six days a week. And I think it's even more important right now because I don't have my normal gym community. I don't have my structured like you're going to go to this class at this time. So I've had to kind of get creative and go back to sort of my roots of starting morning exercise, which started in my living room. <laughs> and pulling on some of those resources. So for me personally, I'm using, you know, Beachbody. I'm, I'm trying to do some morning runs. I'm tapping into my Y fitness instructors because they're doing some online classes. So I think it's really important to like sit down, take an inventory of your habits, figure out what can help you cope best right now, and then making a plan. And how are you going to structure your habits to really support you in this marathon. Yeah. I am kind of addicted to YouTube and the content on there has like, it, it slowed way down and it seems to be kind of picking back up a little bit, but a lot of creators are doing in-home workouts, the best ways to, uh, you know, work out at home or 
like weightlifting, if you can't go to the gym and you love lifting weights, figuring out different ways to make that work with your lifestyle, if you don't have a gym at home and things like that. And so, yeah, uh, beach body is, I guess it's like a hundred bucks a year. I know people aren't really wanting to spend money right now. So maybe spending that, that money on some sort of app that has a bunch of different exercises may not be for you right now, but. And this is not an ad. <laughs> We're not paid by Beachbody and yeah, neither it's one just, of us are Beachbody coaches. Yeah. It's just what's working for us yeah. right now. It's something that we've used because uh, we've just, I like the cardio works out, workouts. I like Sean T. Um, and I, I, I think that there's a lot of free things out there for people oh, to totally. tap into. So check out YouTube. Uh, I mean, literally you can Google any, or like YouTube, any kind of workout that you would be interested in yoga, hit weightlifting. I mean, there is like, you're saying like literally something for everyone for yeah. free. Yeah. And body weight stuff. So like push ups, sit ups, jumping jacks, yeah. uh, you know, going for a run, things like that. You can, you know, you can do those things. Yeah. But I do think that's a really important thing for, for me. And I think for a lot of people and, um, I'm a big fan of Rachel Hollis and her thing is, you know, move your body every day for 30 minutes, do what you can with what you have. And so I think a lot of people get intimidated by exercise because they think, oh, well, I'm not that strong or I don't have a lot of mobility. And her thing is like, do what you can with what you have. Like if you can't lift weights, then take a walk in the neighborhood and walk your dog. If you can't, you know, do a hit workout, you know, do a yoga routine. Like there, there's no reason that any one of us, you know, do some chair yoga if you can't stand for very long. I mean, there's so many modifications available and I would just encourage people to really consider how you could work in body movement into your daily routine right now. Cause I think it's really important. Yeah. And as the weather's starting to get nice, I know things are constantly changing, but as long as we have the ability to continue to be outside, that's an amazing place to exercise. So taking the exercise outdoors just makes you feel better. You're getting some vitamin D and all of that. And that's great. And then for me too, just uh, engaging more with my kids, you burn a bunch of calories. Like I love wrestling with my kids. Um, you know, we, we will throw pillows in our shirts and, and do sumo wrestling and just like bash each other and, and, and whatnot. And that's really fun. And you're actually burning calories doing that too. So that just goes back to like, you, you have to get creative during this time, creative with your exercise, possibly creative with your meditation or prayer. Uh, and you know, creative with, I guess what you're saying, I like the way the language you used of taking an inventory of things. Like for me, I've had to take an inventory of my business and areas in my business that are lacking. And one area for me is communication. I communicate and I get the job done and I do a decent job, but I don't have the systems in place to support that. So sometimes stuff falls through the cracks. And uh, I've recently used some studio management software to create multiple emails to kind of automate and send out to people. So I'm checking in, they can kind of respond to those. And then that, uh, creates the conversation where I can just respond to something I've already kind of set up and it's setting me up for success mm -hmm. and helping me to communicate with my people, you know, the people yeah. that I, I really want to have good customer service for. So I think this is a perfect time to take 
inventory of multiple areas of your life that maybe you want to tweak. And if it's health related, if it's food related, you know, kind of assess that. If it's exercise, assess it. Uh, For me, it was work. That was something that I was, you know, I'm constantly doing different types of work, but what is the work that's going to have the most impact on the people I'm trying to serve? And that seemed to be it for me. So that's where I, I put my marbles. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I feel like people are feeling kind of paralyzed right now because their normal world is so up, upended. Is that a word? Oh yeah. That, they're, they're paralyzed. So, you know, when people are in some sort of distress, a lot of times, you know, our, our nervous and our central nervous system, it's like you, you fight, fly or freeze. And I think a lot of people are, are freezing right now because I don't think they know what to do. And so I think that's a really important point is kind of looking at our lives, our entire lives of anything from financially to physically to mentally to business and really taking a deep dive in inventory of where are we what and what do we want from this time and and what can we do instead of focusing on what can't we do what can we do mm-hmm. because there's a lot we can't do right now but there's a lot we can do for sure And I think that's what I've also tried to gear my brain toward is, you know, because I'm also trying to start a health coaching business and that's really new for me. And my initial, like when all this started, I was like, oh, this is the worst time to be starting a new business. But over the last week or so, because I felt, I felt kind of paralyzed, like, should I just give up on it for right now and and just, you know, let it sit and then I'll come back to it. And then I thought, you know, what can I do right now? I'm building an email list. I can still send emails out to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can offer virtual coaching. I can, you know, create content that can uplift and inspire right now. I can show up as a leader right now. I can show up and give people real strategies Um, or talk about emotions that are somewhat taboo and give people a voice. I can do it. I can do a lot. And I think that you've kind of shifted your focus. I've noticed a little bit too. So you may want to talk about that from your perspective, but yeah, I think that in the face of something like this, it seems like the situation is so dire that you kind of just want to seek out comfort and seek out Netflix and seek out food and all these sorts of things. But I would say instead of seeing this as something that's entirely negative to which it is, there's a lot of negative and we've gone over that, but uh, this is an opportunity. There are so many opportunities here and I would love for people to start seeing those opportunities. So for me, seeing the opportunity to tweak my business Mm -hmm. and to make my business better uh, was something that I, you know, decided was going to be best for me. And then, uh, you know, my, my younger sister, she is talking about starting her own business. And she was asking me if like now is a terrible time to decide to do that. And I was like, well, you know, maybe it's, it could be the worst time or it could be the best time because you can actually really 
focus on it. Your husband's going to be home more and you'll have more time to be able to focus on this. And I do feel like this is going to pick back up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all guessing. It's all conjecture. But, you know, one thing that I've read is that this is going to be more like a V in terms of the dip. It's going to kind of mirror itself going back up. In, it's, in, it's been a dramatic, harsh decline, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a pretty big drop. And then uh, the hope, though, is that like once business opens back up, that it'll just be an immediate or not immediate, but, but it will be quick quicker than like 2008, surge. the housing crisis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my main point is that you can see this as an opportunity. So it's an opportunity for me to spend more time with my kids. I really, I think initially and very selfishly was like, man, like I, I just kind of want to throw some movies on and continue on with my work because this isn't fair to me, but it's not fair to my kids to, to do that. You know, they might love it and be like, yay, frozen two for the millionth time, but it's not serving them well for me to just, you know, check out and have the TV be the babysitter. So I've looked at that as an opportunity to really get to parent better and to learn some parental lessons there. And instead of seeing this as a detriment, I looked at parenting and spending more time with my kids as an opportunity. And I've seen my relationship with my kids flourish more in this last two weeks than it has ever. And yes, they still can be very frustrating and uh, they're not perfect, but they are more willing to listen to what I have to say. And uh, they just enjoy me more. I can tell mm-hmm. they want to play with me. They want to interact. They're, they're just like more affectionate too, because they realize I'm not just this mean guy who always says no. Um, who's always working. Or- yeah. Who's always working. Who's always too busy for them. Uh, this has been a great opportunity for that. And yeah. Someone, I think, that's been great. I think I've heard it from a few different places. Like we're, we're stressed and we're anxious right now. And we are probably going to remember this time pretty significantly is, you know, maybe not so positive, but for our kids, especially if we have young kids like we do, they're probably going to remember this time in a very positive way. Like, oh, remember the time where, you know, dad was home with us all day for six weeks and we got to play Mario Party a lot and we got to eat meals together and we got to play outside all the time. You know, like they're going to probably remember the positive parts of all of this. Yeah. My hope is that on the other side of this, we don't forget this experience, that we take that experience with us and hold on to that. So. Uh, you know, for me, that would look like spending more time with my kids and Mm. being strategic, being strategic and being less just kind of flippant Mm -hmm. with my, my time. Cause sometimes when I have, when Afton is in aftercare on Fridays, I don't utilize all the time, all that well. Some of the time it's like, no, going to take some time for me kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I guess not treating my kids like they're a burden, mm-hmm. but like, hey, I have an opportunity to hang out with this awesome human being who is growing at a super fast rate and I'm going to miss out if I don't engage daily with them. Yeah, yeah. I've seen huge growth in your relationship with them just in the last week, probably. Yeah. Like, they used to be very mommy-focused and... um. 
now, like I'll come home from work and they're like, you know, they love on me, but then they're like, we want dad to help do this and do that, which, you know, is, is not new, but I think it's because they're starting to like really see both of us as, you know, capable, Mm -hmm. loving parents that want to support them. And not that you weren't before, but I think just like coming out of like mom, young kid mamahood where like I am like the one that does a lot because, you know, breastfeeding and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like been a nice shift, I think, for our family to just have them be trusting and open and willing to let you help them with things. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like a chauffeur basically for a long time and like a hairy helper. Yeah. And like my kids just didn't really want to spend time with me or engage. And maybe that was mutual. Maybe I was setting the example of, I don't really want to spend that much time with you kids. And they're like, well, fuck you too, dad. Like we're good. Yeah. So I think that's a positive for sure. I think I would also say, you know, I heard a couple of things this week that were like, hmm, yeah, you know, people are always saying, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. It's like, well, now we have all the time in the world, essentially. I mean, not totally, because there's been a shift in what we've had to do with homeschooling. But I mean, I think we have a lot more time right now. And so if you don't feel like taking an inventory, I think you could at least think about like, what are the things that you often say? I don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. And now you can make that time because you do have that time. Yeah, dude. Gandalf quote. So this is in the Fellowship of the Ring movie and the Two Towers book. But Frodo is basically toiling and just he says to Gandalf, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had ever happened. And Gandalf replies, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. It's one of my absolute favorite quotes, and it really begs the question of, what are you going to do with your time? How are you going to choose to spend it? Out of boredom, I think people are consuming more and consuming for comfort sake Mm -hmm. and uh because it's easy and simple but try something hard that makes you that stretches you outside of what is comfortable you know yeah which is hard for people to do right now i think because they just want to feel any source of comfort yeah they want a safety net it's hard to like think about pushing yourself into something uncomfortable right now because the state of the world is uncomfortable but i do think it's important to think about like how could I think outside the box right now? How could I get creative? How could I, you know, connect more with people in a different way? Yeah. I think something also maybe to avoid somewhat, I don't want to tell you to not watch the news, but uh, if you're constantly watching the news and checking in on how many deaths there are and how many cases there are, it's going to affect your brain in in a way that makes you stressed out because in reality, most of us have, we have zero control over how much this spreads. I mean, we can stay home and and that's what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. We need to do what we can do in terms of that, but this virus is doing what it's doing. And so fretting over numbers and how many people have gotten it and how many people have died from it, 
is not really going to serve you. And so if that's something you're doing, like I, I know when I would pop on just a few clips on YouTube that are news and one of them was like 50% of people less than 60 are, you know, are getting seriously are, ill. Yeah, are getting pneumonia. And I'm like, I'm less than 60, like shit. And that starts just spinning my wheels instead of me focusing. It's not going to change the fact that this may or may not kill me. You know, like I could get or it. Or make and, you really sick. Yeah. Worry is not going mm -hmm. to change those things. Yeah. I read a quote this week that said the, the mental toll on our health this will take will reach us far sooner for most of us than the physical toll that this virus will take mm -hmm. on us. Like, there's a lot of people that this, you know, even if we get this virus, you know, we don't know, like you said, we don't know. I mean, even if you think you're fairly healthy, like there's things happening to fairly healthy people, Yeah. but what we can control or at least try to nourish right now is our mental health. Because for most of us watching kind of this unfold, we're not in a physical threat yet, but we're being mentally threatened. Mm -hmm. And so we have to really protect our minds right now. And I think it's good to definitely limit at least what we're consuming in the media. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to stay informed. I think it's important to follow your local news and what's happening in your community Yeah, and doing your part, you know, to stay up to date on the quarantine or shelter in place or, or what is it called? Stay at home. Yeah. Anything Any that's being directed in your local community. I think it's really important to stay up to speed on those kinds of things. But I think dwelling on all of the news and the horrible stories constantly is very detrimental to our mental health right now. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I've, I felt like I had my moment of just kind of going to the dark place and I've come out of that and the, the coping strategies that we've been using, I feel like have been very helpful. And one other thing that I think is immensely helpful is serving other people right now. Uh, I think communication with other people is great. Katie's been doing a lot of uh, just Zoom calls and Skype, FaceTime type stuff with people in this app called Marco Polo. Marco Polo, y'all. I just discovered it. I know some of you are laughing because you've been on it for years, but. Yeah, it's free. Uh, you can download it and send little videos back and forth. I was like, how is this different from just messaging people? It's different, apparently, folks. It's, it's just quicker. It's cool. Okay. And it doesn't keep up, like, it doesn't add to your storage on your phone. Word. Yeah, it looked like fun. She was messaging a buddy of mine and I was like, this, okay, that looks like Don't fun. hate. Yeah. Don't hate on Marco Polo. So serving other people is, I think, very important right now and finding ways that you can help others and take a little bit of emphasis off of yourself. It will distract you in a positive way because you're, you're serving other people and other people just need it right now, you know? I need it right now. If if someone reaches out to me and they're like, hey, I'm thinking of you. I, I read this passage in this book and it made me think of you. Like, it's like, whoa, someone's thinking about me. That's awesome. Um, but if you can do actual things without coming into contact with people, that's great. Uh, 
if you're in a position of leadership, being a leader, you know, and, and helping people. I've seen a lot of photographers and other small businesses offering to help other small businesses for free. Uh, so like for myself as a photographer, offering to help, you know, there's a local brewery that we have called Burial and I'd love to reach out to them. And I've done some work for them in the past that was paid, but I would love to do some free work for them to just be like, hey, I know this is tough right now. Maybe these photos can help you with your advertising. Uh, it's not something I can shoot right now, obviously, but just the comfort of someone knowing that someone is looking out for them or wants to support them with no strings attached is huge right now. So, yeah, I mean, I think one, just trying to choose your own joy and finding things every day because there are still things every day, even in the hardest of moments that we can find to be grateful for or bring us joy. And it can be like the smallest things, but I think it's really important to really connect to the gratitude of being up and breathing and moving around because not everybody has that right right now um, or that choice. And so I think just for me, keeping very focused on writing down a three to five gratitudes every day and being specific and it doesn't have to be big. Like I'm grateful for my morning coffee every morning because it's just like a consistent normalcy right now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thankful for our kids' teachers who are, though we are having to really do a lot from home, are giving us a lot of resources and doing a lot of you know work on their end to upload assignments and videos and connect and keep communication. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be grateful for even in the midst of turmoil or difficulty. And so I think gratitude for me has become even more important. Yeah. Yeah. If you can create a sense of normalcy for other people right now, I think that's great. So our uh, Taekwondo school Sun Tzu is doing uh, Zoom classes to where there are these live classes that they'll also record and put up for you to do later if you aren't able to access it. But doing it live and being able to exercise with our tribe is, has been great. And it's those leaders taking the initiative to say, we're going to continue to serve people regardless of what's happening with this. And even if this thing gets worse, we will continue to do that from our homes uh, because we want to serve and we want to help people. Um, yeah. Like keep showing up. Yeah. Keep showing up even when you're scared, even when you're uncertain, even when it feels pointless sometimes, like show up. Yeah. It's funny. I look at the analytics for our podcast and there was a dip. Uh, just, just with all this, people aren't traveling around as much and they're not listening to podcasts. I know I'm not listening to podcasts as much. And so I kind of made the comment to Katie about like, Hey, it's, I don't know. I don't know if we should even just like put a pause on the podcast because people aren't really listening. And I, she had to bring me back to my why of like why we're actually doing the podcast. And a big part of why is to help other people. And so if, if there's only 30 people that tune in or 300 or 3000, well, yeah. we help one person by sharing our experiences right now and they hear something that we've said and they're like, Oh, that's a great idea. Or man, I'm so glad I'm not alone or 
and feeling this way, then it's worth it. Yeah. And I think I'm kidding myself if I don't realize that there's two people that are benefiting greatly every single time we sit down and have these conversations. And that's Katie and myself. Like we, we get a lot out of this because it's setting aside specific time for us to connect with each other. And it's, it's been huge. And this is essentially a journal in its own right. It's us kind of speaking out, you know, capturing, capturing our story, capturing what's happening in our world. Mm -hmm. And And this is something we can look back to later and be like, Whoa, that's weird that that was our take on things back then. Or man, the country was so fearful or man, the country was rightfully so fearful. And, uh, I'm proud of how we handled that or or whatever, you know, I, I think that one main thing I've learned is that, yeah, you and I, I think I will continue to get a lot out of having these conversations. So uh, that's, that's good enough that for me. That alone is worth it. Yeah. And so for meditation, I want to kind of move into that. And Katie's going to lead us in a resilience meditation on the way out. If you've never done meditation before and you are interested, or if you have and you want to stick around, uh, if you're out and about, just hit pause uh, right before we do it and come back to it later. Uh, but basically meditation is all about staying present in the moment. And so that's what we want for you right now is to just find a quiet space and be present and do some breathing. You, you would be so surprised at how much better you feel after you've done it and how much more calm you feel. And there's a few apps that are really helpful with this. Uh, again, YouTube, there's probably a bunch of free resources on there of people doing free meditations. There's sex meditations. There's, uh, you know, stress meditations for kids. It's yeah, it's endless. So, but calm is an app and simple habit is the one that I use. And they basically just have, like I said, a number of different categories like anxiety or, uh, work or procrastination. Yeah. And, you know, they vary, they range from about five minutes to, you know, an hour. And I'm not one of those hour dudes. I'm like, let me do a five minute thing. And and I'm good with that. Five to 10 minutes is perfect for me. So. Yeah. And I think the thing about meditation is you can be as intense with it as you want to be, but even just starting with one to two minutes a day is super powerful. And there's a lot of evidence, scientific evidence about how it does rewire our brains and really does impact um, not just our mental space, but our physiology and our body. So there's a lot of health benefits to a consistent practice, which I will preface this meditation with. I am not always good at consistently practicing it. I am not a studied meditation teacher, <laughs> but I'm practicing my own um, mindfulness and meditation. And I think just trying to share space with people to do that and and practicing leading that a little bit, because I think it's important that we just do what we can right now. Yeah. And pass on things that we've found benefit from. Yeah. I remember when I first started that three minutes seemed like forever and now we have so much more time. So I think we can can sit and do a little five minute meditation, folks. Won't hurt us. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Katie's going to walk us through a resilience meditation. 
Join me in this practice of mindfulness. Wherever you are, get comfortable in a seat or lying down. Take a moment and position yourself in your seat or lying down. And take a couple of cleansing deep breaths. Take notice of your inhale and your exhale and fully expand as you breathe. Now I want you to visualize yourself like a tree, your feet are firmly planted on the earth and your roots are deeply rooted, strong and able to hold you up. And notice a gentle breeze blowing back and forth. You let it come and go, washing over you gently passing by. You don't resist it, just let it come. And as the breeze gets stronger and stronger, you may even notice it feels like a storm is coming. You still don't waver because your roots are strong and rooted in the earth. And as the winds rage around you, tossing you to and fro, you simply bend with the breeze, but you do not break. You simply let the wind push you back and forth until the storm passes. And when the storm passes, you stand tall and you realize you've weathered the storm because your roots are strong and your body is flexible. And as we come back to ourselves, take one more deep breath. And on the exhale, say, I am resilient.